welcome to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Eric. My name is Tyler. And we are back. All right. Well, Tyler, before we get started, I have a question. Shoot. If you could go to one country that you've never been to before. Australia. Whoa, Australia. snap. Okay. Australia. Come on, okay. somebody. All right. Why? I just always wanted to go there. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I almost moved there when I was in my in my 20s and god shut it down and moved me to lancaster instead <laughs> so, complete opposite actually wait australia. was it lancaster no sorry it was uh sorry it was outside of philly but uh, to pennsylvania very opposite of very australia. opposite <laughs> i was like god are you sure about this right sometimes you know you ask god questions to see if he really knows what he's doing right yeah i've always loved australia and i i was i was gonna have a six-month work assignment out there that got shut down so i never got to fulfill that and i think i've maybe from the movies maybe just i love the accents yeah good yeah, i might yeah they, they they do have crocodile dundee yes yes you want to see a kangaroo i want to see a kangaroo that would i'd love to go on a safari thing they're excursion like, they're like giant rodents <laughs> if you think about it they look yeah it, kangaroo jack just <laughs> you ever see that movie yeah back in the day wow crazy well that's cool okay how about you though um i've always there's man you ever like watch those like instagram reels or whatever and there's like look at this beautiful place and you're like where is that and it's like mountainous or whatever there's this i I can't pronounce the name of the town but it was in switzerland and it was just like it looked like it didn't look real i was like there's no way this is real and i look it up and it's like mountains and a waterfall coming down straight in the middle of the town. And it's just like green and, you know, life everywhere. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So Switzerland. Yeah. I, yeah, it's weird. But That'd be fun. Yeah. I'd love to go to Israel, too, though. Ooh, been there. So good. Yes. I would love to go back. If you haven't been to Israel, you need to go. Tyler, you need to go. I will. <laughs> I will definitely go. I've had some dreams about it over the years. So I know at some point my I'm going to be yeah. there. But... But that day, I don't know when that day is. Whoa. You'll you'll like cry everywhere you go. In a Come good on. Way. Yeah, I'm, I want to encounter Jesus and walk on the same places he walked. Yeah. We did a boat ride one uh, on one of the days on the Sea of Galilee. It was like five in the morning, sun rising, like fog everywhere. And like, it, it was insane. It was, it was, and then we did a devotional. <laughs> it was like, what is, is this real life? Because <laughs> it was great. That's insane. What airline do you fly to go to Israel? Oh, man. I don't even remember. Because I think for Australia, I think you got to go Qantas, which I've never flown, but I haven't heard even it's heard pretty of good. that before. I've flown Lufthansa before to Germany. Yeah. Never heard of that one. Oh, man, it was great. It was good times. Like, especially on those, like... Is it better than Spirit? <laughs> immensely. Yeah, their service is great, but they give you, like, the airline... Airline food, it's like, oh, man, but I don't know. There's When you're going somewhere, it's like, I feel like it just tastes better. You know, they give you the full meal, and it's it's Europeans, right? They they know how they do it. Yeah, they do, it. Yeah, they do they, it right. They do it right. Yeah, praise the Lord. I know that's true. But all right, so we're back, and we have one more thing to cover. We've done the seer. We've done the knower. We've done the feeler. We've done the speaker. Well, come so on now. we have to do now. The hearer. The hearer. The hearer. Shout out to the hearers. Yeah, shout out to you. Tyler, what is a hearer? <laughs> All right. Well, like Eric said, we've covered four out of the five. I just want to do a brief oh, yeah, the thing opening. of four, yeah. just because it's been a couple weeks. 
we want to just keep refreshing the memory and mm-hmm. also it'll help you understand how they're different uh, okay so we talked about the knowers first right intuitive discerning street smart people that usually process through instinct quick decision making especially once they start to trust their instincts and a lot of times they make those decisions without any real factual knowledge they just know that they know then we moved on to the speakers i believe that was the second one we covered Mm -hmm. these are the talkative humorous external processors that we know and love who can talk your ear off and make life entertaining and they actually can Life gets confusing for them if they overthink things. So it's better for them if they just talk it out. And that's how they process everything. Then we moved on to the seers. They were big picture, creative, imaginative people who are oftentimes very forward thinking, big picture, strategic. Um, They're seeing ahead into things that haven't been done yet. And that comes very naturally to them. And a lot of times they're their enemy is detail. (laughs) So, yeah. So then we got the feelers, right? The emotional, passionate, sensitive people. They're processing life through how they feel, how they feel uh, other people, how they feel from atmospheres. They're, They're feeling connection or lack of connection everywhere they go. And that bar is constantly going up and down. And that's how they measure how life is going for them. All right. That brings us to the hearers. The hearers are more of the analytical thinkers of the group. They are, they're the thinkers of the five. Now, I know we all have brains and we all think, but there are some people out there who tend to just think, think, think. They're Like always. They're, they're just always thinking. They're logical, organized, very detailed, and structured people. And I don't want to say this up front. A lot of times in the church, we'll say things like, get out of your head and get into your heart. And that is a very true phrase and sometimes needs to be said. But... I want to say this, like God is not against you being smart and intelligent. He is not against your mind. If he hated your brain, he wouldn't have created it. Yeah. Selah. If your intelligence becomes an idol, okay, then we have a problem. But I think analytical people can get a bad rep at times in the church and sometimes in our movements because it's like we want the analytical people to somehow become feelers. And while God does want everyone to grow in feelings for sure, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he created them to feel primarily. He actually gave them a way of, of connecting with him right. and engaging with the world. And he's not destroying that yeah. when they come to him. So that a lot of logical people, even when they're submitted completely to the Lord and in love with Jesus, they are, may not understand what feeling heat and chills on top of their head means. That right. actually would be a very rare occurrence for them. But they do have a way of receiving God's voice. So I will, I will get into that more in a bit. Can, yes. I, can I speak on that yeah. real quick? I read a quote this morning. It's kind of cool that um, you're saying all this too because it, it was talking about you know us Pentecostal charismatics. It said that um, the quote was, it's not that Pentecostal charismatics are against it being intellectual, but we're against intellectualism. And so it's like where our our head goes past our heart, right? It's like, no, like we do, like you said, we have brains and we can think and we thank God for the people who are in their heads all the time because that's how God created them and that's the intelligence that the Lord's given them. But it's like, like you said, if it becomes the idol, that's where we, you know, and, and if 
whether that becomes the idol or anything becomes an idol, that's when we get in trouble. So yeah, shout out to all you like really smart people <laughs> and you're constantly thinking and seeing the patterns and stuff because we like, like you said, like not everybody's called to be a feeler, like primary, like to, you know, have that, um, what's the word propensity or the, the grace for that. Because it's like, we all like in all of these things, guys, like the speaker, the feeler, everybody should be experiencing these things like the sense of like oh you're not all five but you can grow in all five but then there's a specific one or maybe two that god's given you a grace for and so this is what we're talking about like this is how you primarily if this is how you primarily hear god see god sense god whatever that's what we want to help you grow in however all of these five we should all be growing in so i just wanted to kind of put that out there amen that's good stuff how do we how do we identify hearers then all right, so a couple attributes here that I have written down. Very detailed, very structured. They they like to have a certain process and order with how they organize life and, importantly, with how they communicate. And, and that's, an, that's something to pay attention to because if we're anything we're passionate about, we're going to probably have a process and an order for it. But there are some people that really do have a propensity towards just structuring life a certain way and the way they communicate it's line upon line it's very here are the bullet points here's the structure that's how i understand life it's they structure things with order in mind and that's how they go you think about the other personalities there are, a lot of them don't structure life that way and it would honestly drive them nuts because yeah it, it just would drive them nuts all right how do we identify hearers keep going here they usually will take them a longer time to process things and to make decisions because they're thinking. And that can be a great thing. It can also be a weakness because if you start overthinking things too much and get too analytical to the point where you're, you're trying to use your natural faculties to understand what God is doing instead of walking in faith and trusting him, then that that's where it gets off. But I will say this, most hearers, especially the dominant hearers, are great listeners that I've met because they are they love detail, they love to chew on things, and so they can absorb a lot more information and they have a grace to listen and to pull together all types of information and to hear the details that you're speaking with in a way that a lot of other people may not have a grace for. And when they get that information, they are able to then process it usually internally and then they can make decisions off of that information. It's a very logical, uh, structured way of living, which is why a lot of times they make great teachers, engineers, financial analysts, anything that involves the opportunity to, to listen, gather information, structure it, and then study it, that, that's right up their alley. Right, so it kind of goes even with the fivefold teacher grace too like these you know not saying that every teacher has to be a hearer but i would say more times than none they would have some type of proponent would you agree with that oh yeah, yeah. i actually had that written down well done boom prophetic. come on prophetic <laughs> i saw he it just, nice. he, yeah, <laughs> he just started talking y'all oh that too <laughs> they just started coming out that's great okay so a couple a couple other things i want to just note here before i get into all right well what happens when they start hearing god because i know that's what a lot of people want to know is, well, how do I know if I am one or not? Well, number one, the motivation, I write this in the book, is problem solving. So each one of these five personalities, I, as I prayed into this before I wrote the book, I, I, had, I did so many interviews and talked with people and processed it with God. I believe that their primary motivator, their primary burden is to problem solve. That doesn't necessarily look the same way for everyone, right? So 
you may not be the Wall Street analyst or you may not be the, I don't know, the accountant for a tech firm, but you may be a stay-at-home mom who's just really good at organizing the house and keeping it structured and that's something that you enjoy actually. And chaos without order is like your enemy. So paying attention to those types of things are important because hearers are, they're not just organized and they're structured, they're researchers too by nature. So they're the types of people that are gonna go home, they're gonna research what they've heard or just because they're perpetual learners and analyzers. And that's why a lot of times their jobs will line up with those, with those desires, those attributes, those motivations. I look a lot of times at people who are just lifelong students and not just for hobbies and passions, but they just, in general, just love working on something new and gathering information. So this can look like reading many different books at a time, watching documentaries on a consistent basis, listening to podcasts, because they're digging and they're digging and they're digging because they want to understand what's going on. And that's one of the, uh, you, could, you could call it a, a part of that problem-solving motivation. To, it's, it's to understand how things work. And... The other thing that I should mention is that there a lot of hearers have this ability to to implement things, to get into the trenches. So what, they will get agitated when you remove their ability to ask questions and you remove any any problems that they could solve. So telling them like just do it because you know you're supposed to isn't a great philosophy for them. That works for the knowers who who as I said before, they're making decisions and working through life because they're in they've they've instinctively know they're supposed to do something they don't need to assess it and research it because they already know that doesn't work for the hearers because they they need to they need to engage with the things that they were working with on a on a mental level on a logical level and order it and structure it in a way that makes sense to them okay oh one other point here one other point okay this is important and one more thing and one more point Stronger hearers, I've noticed this across the board, will have to go on a journey with emotions. I know I mentioned earlier, we're not trying to turn them into feelers. We want them to to engage with feelings at a healthy level, but they'll have to learn how to express feelings and allow themselves to feel without understanding. And that is a key part because you won't always understand what you're feeling. You won't always be able to logically make it line up. And many times, there can be a wall, an emotional barrier there for many stronger hearers because they're so detailed and they're so used to problem solving that they haven't allowed themselves to sit back, enjoy the journey, and, mm. and, and assess how am I feeling inside and what is that actually communicating to me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Post-salvation. All right. These, that was natural. Now we're going to go spiritual. Whoa. Ready? Let's go. Set, go. Post-salvation. All right, when a hero gets saved, what, what's, what happens to them? Does God destroy their mind? No. No. <laughs> Does God remove their ability to structure and organize? No. No. When they get saved, they're still thinking a lot. They're just thinking about God now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Yay. They go, from, they go from reading a lot just to read to hearing God through books. Mm-hmm. They go from studying what they thought were just random subjects to finding God in those subjects and digging and finding the awe of God's creation and his handiwork, which is everywhere. Yeah. The skies declare the handiwork of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You can find the, the Lord in, in nature. You can find the Lord in science. You can find the Lord in mathematics. And What the hearers are going to do as they, as they begin to surrender and follow Jesus is they're going to go on this evidence hunt 
of what is God saying. Mm. They're going to become fascinated with the details of God because God is very detailed. Yeah, he is. He's not just big picture forward I mean, thinking. Look at Noah. I mean, the specifics he gave Noah. Like, come on. make it this big, by this long, by this tall, this type of wood. This this is how many animals you're going to have. Like, Noah had, like, God gave Noah a lot of specifics. So, yeah, he is in the details. Amen. Amen. Yeah, their thoughts, I, I like to equate them to puzzle pieces. They're constantly putting puzzle pieces together to help them confirm what heaven is saying to them. And I've noticed that there are... There are many different types of hearers, I would say, but for the sake of just helping all of you who are listening, I just want to highlight two main types that I've been recognizing, especially recently. So one of the main types of hearers, I'm talking about post-salvation here, are the hearers who are really deep in the word. Mm, So they take that logical, organized, orderly approach to life, and they go very deep into scripture because one of the ways then they hear the Lord is they read the word and they and they watch to see what stands out to them. And when something stands out to them, they dig. What is the Hebrew saying in this? What is the Greek saying in this? What's the context? What, why is this book different from the other book? Their, their love for structure causes them to flesh out the word, or as one of my friends would say, engage with the text in a way that causes God's voice to come alive to them. And if we're being honest, now we all should be reading our Bibles. Amen. We should be reading our Bibles every day. Amen. The Bible says we need to rightly divide the word of truth. However, not all of us are going to read the word that way. Mm-hmm. And I think Eric hit the nail on the head earlier by saying there a lot of hearers kind of might have that bent towards teaching right. because they're that's just how they're wired. Yeah. And not all of us do. Some of us are going to read the word to facilitate an encounter with the Lord through his presence. They might feel his presence through his word. Other right. people might read it to understand a bigger picture of what God is saying in, in right. a bigger context. Yeah. And we also grow in that too, right? So it's not saying, it's not, so don't hear Tyler wrong. Don't hear and say like, oh, he says, I don't have to do like word studies or anything like that anymore. Like, no, like you still got to do the research and stuff, but it's not going to be the thing that comes natural to you. Yeah. Right. The natural, like that's what you're saying, right? Natural Absolutely. teachers or natural hearers, they're going to be like, okay, like they just open up their commentaries and their um, uh, concordances and all that. And they're like, yay, let's go. And they could just spend hours and hours and hours when some people are like, uh, what's a concordance? And that's okay if that's where you're starting out. But that, you know, it's still still open it up still do that kind of stuff but yeah there's going to be like i said we're all becoming well-rounded and we're all growing in these things but yeah those those hearers are going to open up like commentaries by so many different other hearers or other scholars or other teachers and that's what their propensity and their bent is towards 100 percent. yeah thanks for that clarification because I'm basically getting at like what gives you energy and what doesn't just from a natural, like what your natural motivations would be. And some people lose energy with the thought of, I've got to research what this means in the Greek and I got to go. They like have flashbacks to sixth grade and I had to do a research paper and like, no, like, (laughs) no, I just want to kind of memorize the word and I want to talk about it in a way that's, that is enjoyable to me. But we do need to, as, as Eric said, we want to become well-rounded, but this is something that becomes easy to them. It's natural. And if you ask many of them, they're already doing these things. Mm -hmm. Also, they're probably reading lots and lots of books related to these topics because they're, that's how they find revelation. Mm-hmm. They they have they process it with more information. So the more information, the better, and they'll find God's voice in the books that they're reading, and it'll help them put details together about other things. 
And yeah, so that's that's the one one type of hearer, like really word based. But then there are also hearers that I found may not be as interested in studying the details of the word, but they are they are looking for signs that confirm what God say to them in a way that is very very uh, detailed and pattern oriented, mm. and and very much based on what they're hearing the Spirit say to them in thoughts and impressions. And I'll just share. A story or two here because I think I've just been sharing a lot of attributes now hit us with the story hit you with a quick story here this is about this is just an one of the interviews I did with a lady a very prophetic lady by the way a couple years ago in a prayer meeting so it was, we had finished the prayer meeting and I sat down and I said hey I'm gonna well if I make up a name I may forget it but I'll say hey so-and-so I started asking how do you hear the voice of God and I I knew that she was prophetic I knew she could hear and she began to talk about well, I, you know, I do have dreams sometimes, and I did know this thing was going to happen, so I think I'm multiple ways. But And so it, it kind of seemed odd. Like, I don't know if I can really peg her because I wanted to kind of flesh out how does God's voice come to you? How do you engage with him? But the longer I heard her talk, I realized, wait a second. I actually don't think she's as much of a seer or even a knower because I asked her, how did you get to Lancaster? And she started talking about her journey of how, Someone told her she was supposed to come, and then she started researching the history of Lancaster, and then she went into the details of how it relates to this assignment that God told her she was supposed to be a part of. And then she mentioned 12 different things from her past that God had shown her and how that relates to scriptures and Hebrews and Amos. And at this point, I'm like, holy moly, where? how did we... How did we get there? Everything's and it, connected. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily like a speaker type thing. Now I think she is definitely strong in that too, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's more of she was telling me her thought process, and it I have no idea how it connected, but it was perfectly linear in her mind. Sure. And she's she starts describing it. So at the end of ten different min, ten minutes, the amount of different things that God had shown her and told her was pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Then she mentioned something that gave me the confirmations, the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> she said, she said, she talked about an inner audible voice that sometimes speaks to her. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, sometimes I dream, sometimes I know things, but, but normally God gives me a word and then I know how to pray. And as I asked her, I learned she's just a student, a consummate learner who's always making detailed connections and patterns between different things God is saying. I had this dream. It relates to this number, which means this to me, which relates to this scripture and this color. And the history of this town relates to that. And therefore, God called me to this church. So she's she's even just listening to the way she communicates, because that's oftentimes you can find find out kind of how someone is wired naturally by how they communicate things. She was very rarely, I never heard like big picture language and she didn't have a lot of clarity in that because she was very much in the weeds. She was in the forest studying the terrain, Mm -hmm. which is how I knew, I don't think she's as much of a seer because seers are not going to be studying the terrain. They're going to be up in the airplane looking Mm -hmm. ahead and, and assessing what's going on up in the sky. So why is that important? Because then I actually know and, and understood how I could relate to this person. I understood where she was probably strong and where she was weak and, and, and not weak in a negative sense, but just areas that God wasn't growing in her. Yeah. And, and off of that point, like a lot of hearers, you're going to have to be careful with the amount of detail that you do present sometimes to people and, and communicate. Cause although it makes sense to you, it, other people are going to be probably a little lost. Right. 
Yeah, I feel that. That's cool. Share the thing about the map you were talking about a little bit ago. The map. Oh, the meme. (laughs) We were before recording while we were kind of you know discussing what we're going to talk about. There's this meme, and it it looks like the. the guy kind of has his hairs all crazy and he has like wide eyes and he's pointing at this, like, it's like all these pictures and stuff. It's like one of those like crime kind of things where like there's, you know, newspaper clippings and pictures of places and people. And there's like this red fine, like string that's connected. This connects to this and this connects to this. And it's like me trying to explain the plot of my favorite TV show or something like that. But I was like, yeah, that's kind of like what you're saying is like this connects here and this pattern showed me this and therefore this must mean this. And so I thought that was like, you know, here's the seer in me. God show me a funny meme of how to kind of describe a hear. So not saying that here, here's hear me, hear me, hears. You're not crazy, but it's like the patterns and and everything. I thought that would just be. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like you can see the meme and you understand that, that personality like that, Yeah, but it's just, that's (laughs) the way God, God made you. Right. It really can get pretty crazy. Uh, I'm I'm going to try to share this next story the best that I can and forgive me if I this is from my buddy Polly B. I had to call him up. Polly. I had to call him up and do an interview with him just to say give me some give me some good hero stories cuz he has a lot of them. He's a he's a primary admittedly a like a dominant hearer and he is oftentimes hearing God through the word or through patterns and thoughts that come to him. And he he told me this story recently as he was making this transition in business out of uh, a certain financial business connection that he was with. He was basically trying to decide, do I break off and do my own thing or do I stay connected in this, in this certain capacity with this financial group? And as he was praying into it, he, couldn't, he didn't really have a sign from God at that point of what he was supposed to do. So then he goes to Messiah College and he was meeting with the baseball coach because he played baseball there. And he, as he was on campus, he saw on the wall engraved, in all your ways acknowledge him, which comes from Proverbs 3.6. So immediately he goes, ooh, there's a clue. And he puts that in his head. And he's a, he's a lover of the word, as we yeah. all should be. Yeah. But he, he put it in his head and went, huh. So it didn't have the full verse on there. It just said, in all your ways acknowledge him. That stands out to me. Why is that? So he begins to engage and ask questions. Hearers are going to ask lots of questions, y'all. That's good. They're not, they're not the instinctive people. They're not, well, I'm not saying naturally they're going to be more prone to analytical and thinking than they are just knowing, oh, yeah, that's God saying to me in all your ways, acknowledge him. Great. No, he wants to, he wants to find out more. So then he said that that night in a prayer meeting, Jeremy, uh, who was uh, one of our pastors at church, prayed Proverbs 3, 5, which is the verse before saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in Paul's head, he, he finished the phrase, wait a second, but they didn't say verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he remembered that a week before that, he had dropped his Bible and put a, put a bookmark in it. And, and this was a week before this prayer meeting. And as he was driving his car later, um, he thought it would be interesting to see where is that bookmark actually in the Bible. And as he opened it up, he actually found it was in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Boom. So now he's starting to realize, oh, wait, God was already trying to talk to me about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I've seen it now three times. And then he's, he said at another point during that week, he saw the numbers 3, 6, and 9. 
on an Airbnb that he went to stay at. So all of a sudden he's got numbers, he's got patterns, he's got the word going on in his head and he's starting to put puzzle pieces together. And this is very often how he hears God. This is not just a one-off type of thing where, oh, I saw some numbers and patterns. So he's going, oh, three, six, and nine, Proverbs three, six, Proverbs three, five, three, six, and nine. That's interesting. The next day he sees a very similar number combination on his sister's house. And so now he's like, oh, interesting. Well, what's all right, three, six, and nine. Those numbers are appearing. Okay, I think I understand Proverbs three six. What was what's Proverbs three nine? It says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth." Um, and and oh, Paul B is calling me right now. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Whoa, God is prophetic, y'all. That is hilarious. That's wild, yo. Come on, go. Okay, he's literally calling me right now, y'all. Dude, that's hilarious. As I'm ter- telling the story, I had called him before. This, oh, I hope this he podcast. listens. I hope he listens to this episode. <laughs> yeah, I had called him before just because I wanted to clarify: is this? Do I have this right? So, Paul. Give me grace. Yeah. However, um, anyways, so Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. And at that time, um, he realized that the Lord was basically talking to him about honoring the Lord with, with his wealth and making the decision to, to break off from this financial group that he was a part of and do his own thing, like lean not on his own understanding. And he did this. It was a big decision for him um, through a process of just listening to that still small voice and understanding step by step what these different details were communicating to him that even though he wouldn't understand the ramifications of of maybe breaking off from something that was lucrative he needed to move on trust the lord and acknowledge the lord and continue to continue to honor the lord with his wealth and and it's actually since yielded some great fruit for him so that although that might be hard to track some for some of you like that's a very pretty regular way that he processes life and i think that as I, I talked to him about that, I said, so is this, is this pretty regular for you? And he said, yes, like, because I spend a lot of time in the word and I, I slow down when I read the word and really pay attention to certain phrases instead of flying through it, it helps me when I'm in my normal life to bring out patterns that I wouldn't normally notice and that I might be more quick, quick to say, oh, that doesn't mean anything because he, he begins to just pay attention to that still small impression from the Lord that goes, hmm that stands out to me. Why is that? Instead of just dismissing it. Right. And look how good God is too. Like even in his occupation, he's a numbers guy. He's a finance guy. And then God's like, it's not just something that I've gifted you to do practically, but there's a spiritual application here too. Like he's seeing these numbers. They're making sense in his head. Like I thank God for numbers people because I am, I'm more of a, you know, like word English history kind of guy. But then you have, and then people are like, oh, you know, those are the creative sides, but no, like the numbers are creative too. Like God can literally, he put clues out there for him. He's putting, you know, two and two together, rather three and five, three, six, nine together. And the God's showing him the step he needs to take and and he recognizes that too, right? That's the other key component I think we should hit on is he recognized that this was the Lord. It wasn't just by, you know, coincidence. He 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 loved God enough to ask questions to God. God's not afraid of your questions. Say that. God's not afraid of your questions. And for my my thinkers out there and what you know, don't don't be afraid like, you know, even be, you know before you're saved, you asked a lot of questions, and hopefully, when you're saved, you're still asking a lot of questions. But not to be discouraged or you know figure out like, oh man, that's going to be this is going to be wrong or no, have no fear, God. If you're listening to the Holy Spirit, if you're in God's Word, He will answer you and He will give you the direction that you need. So I just hope that yeah, that encourages you. Keep asking God questions because you know He loves when you do that. That's good stuff. Yeah, and. 
like you said, Paul is, this is actually another point. A lot of hearers have great memories. Mm. I may have said that before, but I've noticed this with lots of hearers, whether they're, whether it's their dominant thing, or maybe it's one of the other ways they hear God, they usually are very, very good at filing away memories. And then they, all of a sudden, when certain things in life trigger those memories, the memories come up and then they're able to kind of filter what they're seeing through the memory of something God has spoken to them. That's cool. So whether it's testimonies, whether it's numbers, whether it's patterns from the past. And I know that referring back to Paul, I know this is one of the ways he hears because he'll look at a lot of things that happen to him and he'll say, that happened to me a few years ago. Why is that happening again? And it really builds a confidence to, to know and to understand in that moment, oh, I'm actually on the right path because I'm seeing that again. I'm, I'm relating again to God through this, whether it's a number or a certain thing that comes up, a scripture reference, and it helps him organize life that way in a way that makes sense to him. And so if, you, if you're a hearer and, and you want to grow and you're growing in that, like these are hopefully encouraging you um, to keep paying attention and to keep being on an evidence hunt. What is God saying to me? And how does that confirm like what I'm hearing? That's good. Now, I will say too that, uh, well, actually, no, let me just flip to scripture real quick for my scripture people. All right, so who, who are some hearers in the Bible? Let's go, I'll, I'll share two of them. One, we got Matthew. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the, you watch The Chosen? Yes, sir. Okay. Matthew is a very, yeah. very standout character. He has to yeah, figure it out, the disconnects here, patterns, yep. Yeah, he's, he was a tax collector, obviously very, very adept with numbers. And is, I think he's one of the most, he's one of the funniest people in the show to me, just with the way I like he, their interpretation of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's creative. Like, we don't know if that was exactly what he was like, but from a creative perspective, I thought that was brilliant. True, true. So I can't, I mean, I'm basing this off, just off scripture, but also you could look, it's interesting that they... Dallas Jenkins and those who wrote The Chosen decided to also depict him this way. So how do I know Matthew from Scripture would likely be a hearer? Well, number one, he had a very specific way of structuring and organizing his book. You open up Matthew chapter 1, and what is it? A genealogy. Boom. A long genealogy of 42 generations. You, you, look, at, you look at the book of Mark, and it, it tells the story of Jesus' birth with detail, but Matthew talks about how Jesus fulfills the story of Moses. It's actually the most Jewish-centric of all the Gospels. Yes. And he invokes the Old Testament prophets over and over again to illustrate Jesus' identity. And he included at least 50 direct citations and probably even more from the Old Testament. Why? Because, number one, he knew the history, yeah. had a good memory. His ministers to the Jews. His ministers to the Jews. And he had a way of seeing life through patterns in a way that allowed him to structure and organize. Jesus is who he says he is, and I have the proof. So he went into a detailed level that, let's say, that maybe the, the Gospel of John took a very different approach. Mm. Like, it's not that John wasn't detailed, but it's a very different way of relating to God and, and showing attributes of God. So I think Matthew's gospel, in a lot of ways, depicts the detailed, more um, logical and a sanctified way, right? not an unhealthy way. Because that's how the Jews were. I mean, everything, there was things that connected as well, even in their history. So God knew what he was doing when he gave them that ministry. 100%. Okay, let me go to one other hearer in the Bible, because I find this fascinating and as I've done this topic and dug into this book, God begins to open up scripture to me now. And I go, oh, I never saw that before. Solomon. Mm-hmm. All right. So 1 Kings four twenty nine through 32. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just I'm going to highlight certain parts of it. And in your own time, you can, I encourage you to just look this up. 
this is talking about how after God, after Solomon had the encounter with God, he had the dream and, and God uh, gave him wisdom and understanding and discretion. That's what he asked for instead of a long life and riches and, and money or uh, not money, just and also that his enemies would be put under him, which God also gave him those things. Mm-hmm. All right. So first Kings four, God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand of the seashore. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. His songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke of beasts and of birds, of reptiles and of fish. And people of the nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Wow. I would say that's a guy who's a student. Yeah, for that's, sure. That is, you don't, that's, that's a lot of time spent studying and observing and working out how things work. Yeah. And then also just the natural grace that God gave him. Like he would, he, people are like, I can never do that. And they're like, yeah, cause that, that man had a grace that you probably didn't have. <laughs> right. But it's like, yeah, it just came natural to him. And it was like, it was like just as simple as breathing. You know, God gives it when God gives you something, that's, that's how it just comes naturally. Yes. Come on. In first Kings five and six, Solomon builds the temple. And if you look at this, Guess how many years he spent building this temple? How many? Seven. Wow. And look at, if you just read these chapters, 1 Kings 5 and 6, the detail is crazy. Mm-hmm. The temple that was built, it was this 20 cubits this way, gold laid here, this type of wood here, this cherubim built to this specification. Why did God entrust Solomon with that? Interesting. Yeah, why did he give that to Solomon? Because he knew that Solomon could oversee that. Mm. He knew Solomon was built that way. He didn't give it to David. Right. He didn't give it to David. Because David was in his feelings He was a lot. in his feelings. <laughs> God was like... Rightly so. Your heart was... Yeah, he told it like, I'm glad that that's in your heart, but your son's actually the one who's going to do that. Right. Da- David Well, that's a message right there. It's like something... Yeah. There's. I feel like the Lord's highlighting that for some reason. Interesting. But yeah, keep going. Come on. You got a word? No, I'm, I'm, I'm melding on it. Okay. I think there's something there, though. There's, yeah, it's, it's a powerful thing to think about. Why this and why not that? Like, why did God choose certain people? And again, why is this important? Because, well, we want to grow in hearing God in all of these ways, but we also want to honor and, and cherish and encourage the people around us to keep going after God because they're going to find God in different ways than we do right? Mm-hmm. Solomon would have needed David just as much as David needed Solomon. And, and I, I wrote this down in my notes, but even seers can benefit from the structure of the hearers, just like the hearers can loosen up with the free flow of the seers. Mm, you, need, you, need, you need each other. Yes. You need the feelers. You need, you need all of it. You need the knowers. And speaking of that, I, I deal with this in real estate a lot because it's basically a people business. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's the biggest financial purchase you'll make in your life causes all kinds of things to emerge. Yeah. Right. And I learn a lot. Good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> I love studying people in general, but it is a fascinating psychological study, if you want to call it that, just being in real estate, because you're watching the way people communicate and make very important decisions. And you can learn a lot about the way they process with life and with God if they're a Christian. And I've found for, the, for some of the believers that I've worked with that are hearer types, it takes them a longer time to make decisions when they're, when they're doing this because they want to process the information. They want to understand the market trends. They want to recognize what's a good investment versus what's not. Some of that is good stewardship, but, but it can go very detailed from there. Like I've worked with some buyers who they're looking for a flipped property 
or, or a property that they can flip. And then they also want one that could potentially produce extra earning income like a duplex, but they also want a, a yard in the back. And they've been thinking about maybe the opportunity of bringing roommates in and upgrading this. They have all these thoughts about what they want to do. And, and it's all based on the timing of the market and whatnot. And as we go look at houses, it takes them a long time to figure out, is this one for me? Is this one not? Whereas I've worked with knowers, they just go, they just know. Boom. That's first fun. house. Yep. I like this one. Well, are you sure? Like, you know, I usually recommend that we look at multiple. Nope. This one. But then they just know. They just know and they go with it. Or you get a seer who has a very clear vision of what, what they want. Like, and yeah. when it comes up, they're like, yeah, that's what I've been, that's what I've been imagining. So hearers would need, need knowers. And oftentimes I find they grow, they have to grow in learning to make quicker decisions in processes like this, like house buying, or maybe, maybe it's a vehicle purchase. God will put them in situations like that to help them loosen up a little bit with that analytical approach and also learn to grow in another area, which is the in, learning to pay attention to their instincts and get quicker. Yeah. Cause as they can file it down faster, they can get better at making quicker assessments. And it's not that God is angry with the way they process or trying to break that. He's just trying to grow them in separate ways. And really the reason I share all that is just to give an appreciation for all the ways. We want to appreciate yeah, all the right. ways God made people. Amen. And and it's just a beautiful thing, the body of Christ and the voice of God. The hearers, I do want to say this too. When you think of a hearer, you think of ears. You're thinking, right. okay, so the hearers, so they like they just hear God all the time. Like, let's get practical here. How does a hearer actually hear God? Well, I share this in the first part of the hearer section of the book, but hearers are listening with all of their senses. So they're hearing as much with their eyes and with their, the things they're observing, the things, their senses, just as much as they are with their ears. Now, they may have maybe a propensity towards auditory learning, d- depending on the type of hearer. But it's not just that they're only hearing with their ears. They're, right. they're just information gathering. Right. So they're not just always hearing audible voices all the time. No. Right. No, 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 no. Yeah, how how do we how does a hearer hear? Well, we talked about the word of God. The word of God is going to stand out to them, and it's going to be something that jumps out like an impression when they read it. Then there's the still small voice. Sometimes this voice is like a radio in their head, speaking to them all day long. I know hearers like this. Mm-hmm. I am the opposite. I see God everywhere. I see Him, and so I, I. It's very rare for me to hear like a someone like a radio talking to me. But hearers are going to have God FM. Turned up, in their, <laughs> turned up in their ear, and he's going to be talking through thoughts. Some of them are, are softer than others, and, and then others are going to be more pronounced and like clear direction. Go to 13th Street. What the heck? Why, what does that mean? Yeah. Go to 13th Street. Okay. Or it'll be a thought like, hmm, wonder what Eric's doing. Right. And then Eric calls me an hour later. Boom. This is a very common way they hear. Yeah. This happens to all of us, but it's a very common way they hear. All right, third, patterns. They're going to find themes in everyday life that clue them into what God is saying. So this could be number sequences, could be names, dates, colors, all different types of patterns. They're just, that's how they organize it in their head. And then memories. I talked about this earlier, but God can speak a lot through memories, and that's why it's important we memorize Scripture. Yes. Because then we filter God's voice through these, this evidence that we're getting, and we can then begin to get better at assessing Mm, that's yeah this this sounds like god or this is this other thing no i don't think so because sometimes if we're being honest like on our evidence hunts we can 
oftentimes the evidence that we want can sometimes sound like God's voice, but it's it might be a stretch. Right, and the truly th- the thing that we can rely on is the Word of God. So if we can bring it back to that, I mean, that's how you know you're not just making it up in your mind or you're just, this is what you want and you're equating your voice to God's voice. Like if you can bring it back to Scripture and Scripture can back it up in, you know, obviously in the right context and all that kind of stuff, but it, that the Word of God is so reliable. So, yeah, always, it's like a... Um, yeah, just it's reliable. So it's know the word of God. <laughs> yeah, just practically like biblical meditation. This is good for all of us, but especially hearers. If they're if thoughts are the primary or one of the primary ways you're hearing God, or the, what that biblical meditation does is it, is it establishes a plumb line of truth in your mind so that you grow familiar with certain thoughts or words that line up with Scripture, like Eric is saying. Right, because we have to be careful because not all our thoughts are our own. Right? right, we have God's thoughts. We have our own thoughts, and the enemy can come in and try and put thoughts in your head as well. So, yeah, we uh, hearers have to be discern the thoughts, like, and as we all should, not just the hearers. Everybody should. My sheep will know my voice, right? And that's something we grow in. Mm. That's good. I feel like I've been talking a ton, Eric. So I want to throw you a, like a question or two. Do you have any any stories that you felt like you wanted to share, or? of patterns or things that stood out to you at some point that you think would be encouraging for people or yeah. even, or even a story where you over spiritualized something and you've <laughs> looked for evidence and it wasn't actually God, but and you that, had to learn. Maybe I'll do the first one, <laughs> okay. even though I've done that too. We let's be honest. We all have, but um, kind of how I came to Lancaster, I'm pretty sure this would be a pattern number one. Cause it did involve numbers. Right. Um, so when I was in Florida, the Lord is oh, at this point, the Lord was speaking to me and my wife about moving to Pennsylvania. We had no idea where in Pennsylvania, but we just knew we were supposed to come to this state. And so this was when we were praying about where to go. And, um, it was the new year. I think we were going into 2020 and was that the year of the chiefs? Uh, yes, they first won the Super, Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. The yeah. first Super Bowl. Also COVID, but you already knew that. Yeah, um, and so God bless the Chiefs. They they beat the Eagles, but you know I, I forget. Ooh, this is a moment for you. I know it's the Lord's been working. I, was I kidding, can tell though you released that. Oh, uh, I released that a long time ago against that referee. Oh yeah, bless him, Lord. <laughs> anyway, so this is the first time they were in the Super Bowl. I kept seeing the number two 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 everywhere, and I know a lot of people have post like that's a common number i thought i was special in this that i was like oh man i've never heard anybody and then i start seeing sean Foyt sees it all the time other leaders see it all the time i'm like well i get this is this is my 222 story so i kept seeing the numbers everywhere anytime i checked the clock i'm serious for months at, at an end i would check exactly 222 or 1222 so the, the three twos are still in there i was like what in the world is happening and anytime i saw that number i was dialoguing with the lord and he said you need to pray Isaiah twenty two twenty two, and that's where he the key of David rests on the shoulders of Christ. He will open every door that needs to be opened, shut every door that needs to be shut. So anytime I would see those numbers, I would pray that. But I was getting so frustrated because I had a knowing that there was something more in that. So this is kind of like my knower moment. And for for a couple months, it was just nothing, nothing. I'm like, why, Lord? Like there is something on this, and I know there's something more. You have to tell me. And so this opportunity comes about where, you know, it's the height of COVID. Um, 
Ashley's family friends opened a house of prayer in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And we got invited to go to like their first kind of like grand opening service to pray over the facility they're renting and everything. And I felt like the Lord said, go. And I was like, there's no way, like there's money, whatever. We found tickets, airline tickets. Thank you. This was one of the positives of COVID, $24 round trip. Holy moly. So we got up there, there and back for 50 bucks. <laughs> so I was like, the Lord's in it. So we'd go. And we fly up there, and um, my in-laws uh, pick us up, and they're like, hey, did you guys want to go and check out Lancaster? And, you know, we were kind of throwing the idea of Lancaster around, and I was like, I've, I've only driven through Lancaster before at this time. And I was like, I just knew Amish people and country road kind of deal, like farmland, whatever. And I was like, yeah, we should go check it out. And we were really like, is this the place? Like there was kind of a conversation about that. And I was like, I don't know. And so we get in there in the car and we're driving. And I'm like thinking of the, you know, I probably just saw 222 again on the clock or whatever. And I'm just like, Lord, you have to give me a sign. Like you have to show me like if this is because I was starting to like feel. So here's a feeling. I was starting to like there's something here. There's something brewing as we're like going towards this place. And I, I literally told the Lord, I said, Lord, you have to give me a sign. I literally need you to, because this is a big deal, God. Like this is like us picking up, moving all the way back to the Northeast from Florida, you know, 1200 miles, like you have to confirm it. And I heard the Lord say, look out the window. And I literally look out the window and we're driving on, on route 222. And there it, it was, boom, going into Lancaster. I was like, that's it. That's how I know this is, this is why God's been putting these numbers in front of me for months. And it was like that epiphany moment, like you're called to be here. And I literally screamed in the car, we're coming here. And everybody's looking at me. My wife's like, what are you doing? Crazy man. I'm like, there's the numbers. We're supposed to move here. And she was like, really? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that we're supposed. And then we get in the city, mind you, it's February freezing cold we're walking around downtown there's like nobody around and i'm just like feeling the warmest feeling in my heart i'm like we're supposed to move here and my wife also confirmed it and like yeah there's something so powerful here and there's something like we're she's like kind of has that knowing thing too she's like i i i think this is right and so we didn't really need to pray about it anymore we're like this is it and that was kind of the beginning of the official move to lancaster wow so numbers and i'm i'm usually not a numbers guy but god used the numbers backed it up with scripture like he's opening the door that no one can open and shut you know so and then the grace started coming on the move so smooth of a move especially 1200 miles into you know different climate and territory and everything so it was just yeah that was that was a cool cool moment it's a great story yeah in february is the second month. It's a two. Boom. There you go. I didn't connect that before. Come on now. Well, wow. I'm born in February. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, baby. Dude, yeah, good old two. So, month, yeah. Month of love and yeah. my birthday. Yeah. There you go. So, that was my hearer story. That's a cool story. Yeah. yeah. And you might listen to that story and you think, well, is Eric a, is he a dominant hearer? But it sounds like that's not usually how you hear. That's more more rare for those types of things. You probably hear God in other ways more regularly. It, yeah, I would say as you're like talking, I, I would I I would I have been kind of questioning. You know, it's like we're not all five, but there's times where I guess 
you know, you I pattern because it comes with the prophetic too. It comes with like seeing and and and, and all that kind of stuff. Like it can all um, kind it, it all does connect, but at the same time, it's asking like, what is the primary way I, you know, engage with the Lord? So yeah, I don't know. I think I'm still kind of on a journey of that as well. So the more that's the beauty of it too, because it's like we think we know it like completely now and then you know as the older you get the less you you realize that's like the less you know so it's like a constant journey of discovering those kinds of things with the lord so yeah 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 um well because i think it's it's as i'm looking back at just some of the things i was talking about earlier for those of who are who and i think it's important to to recognize which ones of these are stronger, but then at a certain point, you don't want to be obsessed with it to where it's, it's yeah, consuming your mind. That's good. But I will say, one of the things you can look for is like what, how does someone consistently communicate? How does it? How do they engage? As like motivation wise, burden wise, because like I I would say just looking at my life in a natural sense, when I was working in a, I used to work in cybersecurity, and I was working on. Excel spreadsheets and mm-hmm. doing very detailed work, uh, it, it I felt like I was dying. Right, I hated it. Wasn't giving you life. No, 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 no. And although I learned how to be good at that job, that's not actually what I was wired to do naturally. Right, seasonal. So when I went into other jobs that were more people based or more bigger picture based, strategic, aka something like real estate or or maybe there's other things down the line for me. I found it gave me life, it gave me energy, mm-hmm. and it gave me hope. So you can pay attention to those things like, oh, am I am I a hearer? Well, you can look at the spiritual side of this and say like, do I hear God through thoughts a lot more than other ways or or the the number patterns or sequences? Am I digging into the word at a deep level? And then what type of things naturally do I enjoy doing? Yeah, yeah. Am I the type of person that is logical and analytical and breaks things down in the weeds a lot or right. am I much more apt to go bigger picture and do I sometimes have moments where yes, God is speaking to me in those ways. And I think it's important that we, to a degree, begin to engage with it from that level because it will guard us from from just assuming like that we're perfectly strong in areas that maybe we're not. Because, and I've said this before, the, the problem with that is then you don't have to do the work to grow if you already assume that you are something. Right. And it, there's no motivation to then engage with other people the way they hear. Because if you get around a primary hearer or multiple of them, you're going to realize... If you're not one, like they, they process life differently. Yes. And it's a way that affects the way they do their jobs. It affects the way they communicate emotions. It affects the way they communicate in relationships. And they're going to be ordering and structuring things in a way that may or may not give life to you. So it's important to look at both natural and spiritual sides of it. Realize, yes, in seasons, God can grow these. Yes, when I'm around certain types of people, he, he might challenge me to grow in these. And then as he does that, that makes me more well-rounded um, and also helps me understand, you know, where I'm, where I'm strong and where I'm growing. That's good. So, yeah, I think that's that's about all I had for today. That's, yeah, I think this is a great place to wrap up and man we did it we got through all five come on yeah if you haven't ordered uh tyler's book yet go do that prophetic personalities by tyler kingsland mao and it's on amazon yeah it's on amazon just yeah. just I amazon also, right yeah yeah it's on amazon i have some in person if you live in this area and you want to buy in person yeah and there's yeah it's a great resource guys i'm telling you he spent so much time on this this is 
you know, of his first book, but I'm telling you, it's a great book. Um, highly encourage you to go ahead and buy that. Yeah, thank you. And I, I am working, this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but I am Ooh. working on a, a workbook that Ooh. will be that will be that will accompany the book that I think will flesh some of this out in a way where people can process it in small groups, look at look at it in the, in Bible studies and begin to engage with it in a different way um, to maybe bring to light some things I couldn't describe in the book. Because yeah. honestly, I could have written like 500 pages on this thing and oh, I had yeah. to pump those brakes. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, I I sense the Lord really leading me to do that and it's something I'm working on. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. So. Hey guys, well, this concludes our prophetic personalities um, kind of episodes. So we hope you really enjoyed um, listening to these. I hope you enjoyed, um, yeah, just hearing our <laughs> banter and our stories. And I hope it, it's it's given you more clarity. Um, I hope it's given you like a lot more just, yeah, confidence even in the way God's wired you. And yeah, so stay tuned for upcoming things um we don't really know where we're going next honestly but we're gonna trust that the lord will lead us and guide us so pray for us and uh yeah this is the pilgrims podcast my name is eric my name is tyler and we'll see you next time